So we did it, kind of. We're in the future. We've only been here for a little bit, but let's hope this doesn't turn into 2023A as opposed to the regular 2023. Por qué? Because, man. I think we'll be fine. We'll see. Be fine. But here we are again. It's me. Are we on Leo, And we're doing an episode of the Nimrod Generation podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, we're continuing our series, and it's Back to the Future 2. And I mentioned 2023A because that's what they called the 1985, where Biff was in charge. They called 1985A. And what was the original one? 1985. You know, when you save a file on your computer, it's saved as, this is great. And then if you save another copy of it, it says, this is great, with a one in the parentheses. Mm, no, actually... When I do that, it just says copy of Apple products work. I know I have an MSI. It's not Apple. Mindless self-indulgence have to do with anything. I was going to do something smart, but then I'm like, man, this could probably censor us. Wait, how can you cancel something that's not even famous? That just mm-hmm. blows. People find a way. But it's OK because I be I be your golden be that golden eye so yeah we're doing like i said back to the future part two in this episode which happens to start right after the first one even though they had to refilm some scenes because they couldn't get the right actors or the same actors i was gonna say crispin what's his name glover and glover yeah he didn't come back huh Did no he? he didn't come back for this one or the third one because he was being offered a lot less money than the other people. Por qué? <laughs> I don't know. That's just what happened. And then he, uh, they got a different actor to stand in for him. And the other actor, it was it was easier in this film because they had him upside down because of a golfing accident, quotations. Mm. And they put a, a fake nose and a fake chin on the other actor. So he would look like Crispin Glover. I see. Now, dude, I, I, I just, I said that, did Marty, uh, Marty, did Michael J. Fox get an Oscar for this film? The man played many roles. Yeah. And well, also, let me let me add something else, because there was a something else to it. He didn't like the, he had a philosophical disagreement also with the film's message, because he felt like the story rewarded the characters with financial gain rather than love. I mean, there's something to be said. If I guess if you yeah. would, like, I wonder, like, do you think they give, people the script like oh we're gonna make two sequels or like they're like okay we're gonna see if we're gonna just spin this off into like do you think they had the trilogy planned out 100 percent, or no, do you they think didn't. they did, no. did the first one then they did the second one and then they're like well we'll see what happens no they did the first one with not an expectation and then when they got the green light for the sequel they did the sequel and the third one at the same rough time that's why the third one came out a year after the second one because they were already filming it kind of like a lord of the rings superman one and two kind of thing where you like film, the Harry, or the, the first three harry potter films yeah where you film them all at the same time or whatever yeah and, but like what uh, was like the second like the second and third one like were both green lit or the director just went crazy and said oh well, i just made a long ass movie we're gonna split into two parts no nah, i think the second and third were both green lit because mm. he told them they're 
his vision of it and they approved it because it made a lot of money for the studio. Oh, yeah, that it definitely showed. Yeah, but I will also say that Crispin Glover took him to court over this. Wait, what? Yeah, there's clauses now because of his successful lawsuit. The Screen Actors Guild has clauses that you can't reproduce the likeness of actors. Oh, like, uh, okay. personality rights and stuff like that. Kind of like the same reason why you can't draw a comic book character in the likeness of someone else. It has to be like, like without giving them a piece of the pie. Yeah. And that's the kind of thing is you can't, <laughs> you can't reproduce someone without giving them money and their likeness, whatever you have to pay them to be able to do that. Go figure. Yeah. Let me, actually, let me ask you this because I know that they say that in your dreams, anyone who's ever been in your dreams, there's, there can never be such thing as someone that you never met like you can never create someone out of nothing mm-hmm. like yeah. you had to meet this person sometime in your life yeah like even if it was for like a split second in the subway or mm-hmm. something like that now do you think that also works with art like if you do a comic book and then like you really didn't think about it but then like someone comes out of left field like does that kind of stuff affect the like, will they be like, oh, he mimicked me, so I'm, but I'm like, I never met your ass. Well, no, nah, I don't think so, because you just, that's why they put the, any likeness or whatever is purely coincidental at the end of movies and stuff like that. But you can't tell me that Cameron saw a Navi person, and that's how he came up with the idea of Avatar or whatever. Mm. Or Predators or Terminator, or, you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. Aliens. It doesn't come from experience it doesn't all come from experience or all from meeting or knowing somebody there's a lot of making stuff up by yourself ah. on your own whatever yeah but like when i see things like the predator and all that stuff i just think of like the actual 50s films and like yeah. i get picture some dude being pissed off at his wife like damn she nagged at me so much i could picture her nagging at me. <laughs> yeah. maybe but there's not a whole lot of original ideas in hollywood anyway not anymore yeah not anymore but Whatever. I would also like to say about Claudia Wells, they recast Elizabeth Shue as Jennifer because Claudia's mother was ill with cancer about the time that they were going to film the second mm-hmm. movie, so she couldn't participate in it. She was taking care of her mom. Uh-huh. I mean, that's understandable. Yeah. But that one wasn't just a disagreement or anything. It was just bad timing for her personally. Yeah. All in all, it's one of those movies that goes back and forth. Now, I... I think this series itself from this point on was a good idea. Yeah. Like, I think movies previous to this would always just set you on one different timeline. And a lot of them did try to do the butterfly effect thing. Yeah. Well, we were talking about it before the podcast. Uh, I know we talked a little bit about the time machine and that movie never really, I don't think it really showed any effects that time traveling can do per se yeah um was this the first film you think or ever watching that did show you repercussions to time travel Nah, i don't recall i mean it, it's a big part of the film but not written oh hold up i gotta look something up because mm. another thing about these films is they all have similar se- scenes like and there's something i do need to talk about the third one that does confuse me i am confused but well, until me... we get there <laughs> Yeah, until we get there. But let me say, like, the one, one of the first ones that came to me, other than just me sitting here like, uh, what, was Star Trek Four: The Voyage Home. Because mm-hmm. they have, it was put out in 1986, though. So that was after the first film, but 
before the second film. Mm-hmm. And there's time travel in that. Is that the one where Spock like knocks out some punk? Yeah, on the bus. I've seen the scene. Yeah. Okay. Well, that that's not the scene I'm talking about. The scene I'm talking about is Scotty and Bones go up to this dude because they need thick plastic or steel to house these whales in on the ship. And the guy's like, that's a lot of money. And he's like, well, we don't have any money. Well, you know, you're out of luck. Well, hold on. I have this. And Scotty starts talking to the computer. He's like, computer, computer. And Bones like, no, you have to use that. He's like, oh, it's one of those or whatever he said. And he cracks his fingers and he starts typing like crazy on the keyboard. And the guy recognizes what he's doing and whatever. And he gives him the formula for what they call transparent aluminum. I love it. Yeah. So he's like, this is ridiculous. It's going to take me years and years to figure out how to do this. And he's like, well, you can have it if you give us the stuff we need. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, take it, take it. And Scotty and Bones are walking out and Bones is like, do you know what you just did? And Scotty's like, look, how do we know he's not the guy that invented this stuff? There you go. Or how do we know? That's one of those repercussion type deals. (laughs) Now I'm starting to think because there's a, a very huge plot point of this film that involves an almanac. Of sports, yeah. No, yeah. For some reason, now I thought about a time traveling octopus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you you remember when the World Cup was always chosen by an octopus? Oh, that's like, stupid octopus. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, what if that octopus was a time traveling octopus <laughs> with an almanac? He, he didn't get it right 100. percent What? But uh, I said he didn't get it right 100. percent What What do you mean? What no? It's an octopus. Like he knows okay. how to read. Then how does he know how to time travel? Hey, who knows? Hey, man, this movies, these movies kind of are kind of created a show that you despise. But the likenesses, the way Doc talks. Oh, yeah. Bumbling idiot. Yeah. Anyway, all we're missing is Doc being drunk and apparently Doc can't handle his alcohol. Yeah. But that's the next movie. Not talking about that one. I, you know, one weird thing about time travel and stuff like that you know people are like well if i could time travel talking about messing with history and stuff like that people will always you know if i could die, travel back in time i would kill hitler as a baby it's like why why do you want to go back in time and kill a baby baby is pure innocence a baby doesn't know anything why don't you go back in time and raise hitler to be a decent human being and see what happens mm-hmm. not just oh let's kill him yeah because isn't that like because i've I watch TV shows and like, uh, I don't know. If, have you ever watched the, I know we're not talking about back to the future, but it's a lot of time travel stuff. So, yeah. uh, have you ever watched that show or it's an anime called Tokyo Revengers? Uh, no, I have not. So what it is, is this guy in the future, like ends up, you know, he's a loser. He's everything. And the girl he liked in high school or whatnot, she she dies in front of him or like he finds out that she dies so he gets pushed into like the subway area so he's supposed Mm -hmm. to die but he time travels something happens that he can time travel back through time in a way in the sense of way like he has to either almost be near death or something along those lines but he has or he has to go into a coma so he has he time travels back to when things seem to be the reason why he time travels is undetermined because I haven't gotten that far. Mm-hmm. But it's like the, the anime is on season one at the end of season one. So what ends up happening is he finds out that, okay, like he helped out this the his now girlfriend, ex-girlfriend. Because it goes back and forth. It, it does a lot of going back and forth. 
So anything he would change in the past to stop a a gang lord at now in the future, present time, mm-hmm. he's trying to stop a rise of a gang leader that is trying to corrupt the gang that he has now joined. And his job, because him and his brother, him and the the brother to the girl he likes, he's like the cop, he's like the, the sergeant or whatever. And he's keeps sending him back in time and telling him, hey, okay, like he knows that he's doing it, but at the same time, like the future's altering little by little. So he has a little track of whenever he comes back. Mm-hmm. So he starts explaining to him like, oh, okay, uh, on this night, this triggered him to go on this killing spree or this is what triggered that. So go ahead and go stop that. But every time he did something like that or like stop one of their murders or actually got someone murdered, the wrong person murdered, it literally threw a whole chain of events in a way different direction. And it goes to a point where like either he's like a bigger loser or he actually becomes like one of the gang leaders himself. Mm -hmm. And like, it's kind of like back to the future. Like there's points where Marty's has power, not power, but money. And then Mm -hmm. you have the points where what if, you know, and it's crazy. Like there's parts where you think, oh, he's actually changed time. And then you realize, oh, shit, I'm I'm watching a 24 episode season one. I'm only on episode 10. (laughs) And it yeah, it goes literally all over the place. Um, And like the gang leaders take a good liking to him. But you find out that the gang leaders aren't as bad as people as, you know, as everybody thinks. Yeah. Like, you know, there's always that saying, like, you know, like between pirates or whatever, they they had codes. They had ways to respect them, like. Um, honor among thieves type scenario mm-hmm. uh so and what's it's it's a pretty cool anime it's on hbo max if you can check it out it's on Crunchyroll. um it's i've i picked up I've, like they started re-releasing the manga uh, i've been picking up those like mini omnibuses that have like two volumes per whatnot it's and it's yeah. like i said it it is cool because the guy who wrote it was actually a gang leader like not a gang leader he was part of a gang in japan Mm -hmm. so like he took that experience to write this that's pretty neat yeah that's it's pretty cool like to find the mystery of how this one mysterious guy takes over an entire gang and how is it that everything this guy does always backfires on him yeah and that's one thing you know to think about it wasn't like hitler was just one person who did everything by himself he had backers and other people so killing or changing well killing just baby hitler isn't going to solve too much and then if you change him maybe he doesn't associate with those other guys and they don't find anyone who's as uh good at speaking or something and the whole movement goes nowhere i've always been one believer of if evil's not here it's somewhere else type scenario so i mean do you do you do you honestly think it was just hitler that said told japan go bomb pearl harbor like not trying to like start i don't think no i don't think even like they seem like they just had that on their own yeah but they had been doing exercises from what i remember from history class and other stuff that Japan had been doing that whole kind of thing for a while and that the U.S. even did a mock attack on Pearl Harbor and saw the holes in their defense that they didn't plug in that the Japanese exploited. So, like, do you think that some of these, like, do you think some of these events were unavoidable regardless if Hitler would have been a power or not? I don't know. We're not 
it's not natural occurring events. Natural occurring events or, or certain things like that are kind of things that Doctor Who touches upon. We need a TARDIS. Yeah, but you can't for 100% certainty say that killing or not killing or whatever one people can change a lot more than what a natural disaster you you can't stop an earthquake mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you can't go back to 1985 and tell you know mexico city chill mm-hmm. the, the earthquake's gonna happen mm-hmm. you know you can't go back to vesuvius and like hey put a cork in it it's gonna happen <laughs> really put a cork in it yeah. <laughs> i think that would have made it a lot worse you can't do any of that crap. You can't. Like, yo, you see that hill over there? Run in the opposite direction. Yeah, I mean, you might be able to go back and save the people, but you can't stop the volcano from happening or erupting, whatever. Hey, so people can need, change people. All I need is a water gun, and I'll be good to go. Mm-hmm. If anybody got that reference, power to you. No, back but I see what movie. you mean. Yeah. I, see, I, I see 100% what you mean. There's things that are out of our reach and out of our power that they they happen they yeah and like i said killing or changing people is a good way to change historical events but like natural disasters and stuff like that you, you can't really help with that who's to say I, mean, I don't really think it would have been any different if you burned william the conqueror's fleet before he invaded england in 1066 or so because he was already delayed by a storm he was determined to go take the crown. The only way you could change that would be that guy you'd have to kill. <laughs> because he wanted the crown of England too much. And you couldn't, like, raise him as a peasant because he's in line for the throne. Now I wonder if you and me were on a TARDIS, do, do we just sit there and eat popcorn and be like, let's see what happens next? <laughs> I'd go watch stuff. I'd go to watch a lot of stuff. Let me ask you this. Would you go future or backwards because this movie also has like a lot of back and forth too just well mainly one back and one forth one forward and one backwards and then way yeah. backwards well they were the first and third were going backwards second but you know all three of them you had to go backwards but only the second one went forwards mm-hmm. but i would go forward first. really yeah first just to see what has happened or what what possibilities are then i would go back to see different things hmm. okay what if you had one way ticket like either you go one way forward and back or one way backwards and present like how would you then i would go forward and come back you would just go forward like there's nothing in the past that well okay no there are things in the past that i want to see and i want to experience yeah but i would go forward first because what if there's something i could bring back to make present day life better and you know that's how all these movies end up going doing something bad i know you I pro- like knowing you you probably have a judgment of because you you don't catch me as the type of person that will like go for the personal greed or anything like that like an, a sports almanac or anything like that but it always seems like sometimes it doesn't matter what object it is like we go in the future and we have the cure for cancer and we take it back like yeah th- there's always the saying that goes like okay but you bring it back but now then either you're going to be like target number one you know like or some people are going to exploit that for their own personal gain and money so it's like sometimes you're like then what can you bring back no i could totally bring back the gray's almanac and look at the super bowl winners from now till whenever let's say it's 85 so you see them from now till 2000 
okay, what you do is every few years you bet a modest sum of money so that you fly under the radar. You don't become public enemy number one. You don't go out there and create a casino across from where town hall used to be or in the town hall. You just fly under the radar and do what you have to to live comfortably and don't draw attention to yourself. What if Paul the Octopus was a time traveler from the future who lost his transformation belt and got stuck as an octopus? Damn, bro, that is such an epic story. And he still should have been correct 100% of the time. (laughs) What if he was trying to (laughs) under the radar? I'm going to be an octopus. He was just like, I'm just trying to live my chill life and I don't want to become calamari. As long as it's not like that was somebody else's idea. That wasn't all the octopus's idea. He didn't flag down somebody at the sushi place and goes, look, 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 I can predict the World Cup winners. Whose idea was (laughs) See, that's some stupid shit that I would go back in time and be like, who the fuck started this Paul thing? Mm -hmm. I know I'd waste my time traveling. Yeah. But I would actually go back in time and meet Stan Lee if I could. Yeah. You know, like catch him back in the days, like before he started, like maybe a teenage Stanley and just be like, what's up? Yeah, just catch him out somewhere just to do it. Not tell him, hey, man, you 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 got some ideas in your head. You need to, you know, don't try to spoil his future or anything like that. Just meet the guy, whatever. Be cool about it and go along. Or, you know what? I'd actually go back in time to go to concerts. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't mind watching the Ramones play live or... Uh, actually catching Cliff Burton, fucking yeah. Like it's it's. I feel like it's sad for me because I'm not a Metallica fan. Mm-hmm. Like go back in time and check out. Like honestly, then I probably go back and see like Dave Mustaine still in Metallica, <laughs> and then even though I'm wearing a Mega this year right now, like yeah. check out like Cliff Burton playing the bass and Dave on on the guitar and be like, Hey Lars, you'll always suck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That'd be good. Nah, I'd go back if I had a, a machine with a cloaking device, you know, and go back and watch Vesuvius erupt like that. That one, that big one in the Pacific, I forget the name of that volcano, but, I, you know, I'll go back and watch A Day in the Life of the Aztecs or something like that. Go back and see who really built Stonehenge and for what reason, because nobody knows. Right. That's that, That'd be some good shit to go look at. Go watch them build the pyramids for a little bit. I would if you could do it like a TV or something where you fast forward the time outside of your machine. Yeah. Be... <laughs> but honestly, I think the the whole pyramids, even though they're as iconic as they are, I probably wouldn't want to see them being built because I know, like, you know, those were like slaves and all that stuff. And I just, it's, I guess it's my personal thing. Like, I, I wouldn't want to see a person being abused for it to be made. And so you had to walk around the place while they were doing it. No, but I mean, you're still watching it. Like, hmm. How far do they get today? Ed, that dude, that guy never learns. He just got whipped three times. Yeah, but you don't have to get that personal with it either. I know. Just it, watch it, it from about 100 yards away or whatever, floating up 200 feet. Yeah, I know. But like, it, it'll just be like my moral sense, I guess. It's just my way of thinking. I'm just like, I think I'll, I'll get there and be like, huh, you know what? No, I can't do this. Yeah, you're right. Because there aren't, there's no such thing as a slave nowadays. There are plenty of slaves out there. They're called underpaid, underworked people. Overworked. Okay, yeah. Well, anyway. At least slaves so, get yeah. now. What? Nothing. Whatever. So they go to the future. They got to save Marty and Jennifer's kids. Well, from what I read, it was kind of an afterthought. They were just kind of like, okay, let's go with it and put Jennifer in the car. 
But then when they actually got the sequel started, they're like, okay, now we got to do something with her. So leave on the side of the leave in the back of an alley was the smartest way to go. Yeah. Well, it wound up tying her into the future Marty getting fired and all the stuff that happened with the accident. I do like the way they, they that whole sequence happened. I ain't gonna lie. It, see, this is weird because like this is I feel like instead of trying to talk about one movie and going to the next one, it would just make sense to just mash them both up because one is good mm-hmm. on its own. Yes, but I always feel like for the second one, you do need the third one and vice yeah. versa. The first one, it, it's cool to see some scenes from the first one in the second one. Mm-hmm. Like you see like different points of views. It was kind of cool is like you you see these scenes. And don't realize after you watch the first one, like, oh, all this shit was going on because technically it was going on yeah. while the first movie is actually happening. Watching that second one this time made me think of The Mummy. All those films where they, they pull the Boris Karloff and use uh-huh. the old Crispin Glover footage. Oh, <laughs> oh, when, oh every time they, they, they uh, do the whole show, show this scene, but let, let's. Either zoom in a little more over here, back out more over here, yeah. uh, take this shot from this one, but try yeah. to say something else. Yeah, that's what I love. Like, it's it all worked out pretty good, in my opinion. Yeah, um, and there's a lot more that they tie together with these two films than in the first one. Mm-hmm. They keep different things throughout the series. They don't really have it so much in the 85, but in the 55 and the 1885, they have Jones manure. It's D Jones in 55 and it's A Jones in 85, 1885 or whatever. Mm -hmm. You do have the some references, uh, Marty waking up in every timeline. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I I don't know. Every time the hours change, but he wakes up in every timeline. He wakes up in every timeline, waking up from a dream. Apparently every fucking movie and his mom or a character or a descendant is there. Yeah, it's, well, it's it's always what Leah Thompson when he wakes up. I'm not going to lie, though. Now I realize Leah Thompson was one of my first biggest crushes growing up. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of people that say that. I can't say that. You can say that? No. No. I cannot say that. Princess Leia? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, because, like, no. to me, I but always no, Leah, thought... Hey, Leah Thompson reminded me of my sister, so... <laughs> yeah, there was no. <laughs> okay, now I guess was I guess your sister was hot back in the day. I don't know. I don't even know how to respond. No, she was that. my sister. I don't know what you want to say, or I mean, what you want me to tell you. <laughs> I'm guessing your sister knows nothing like you. Nah. Mm. <laughs> Wait, were you trying to hit on me? I ain't gonna hit on you. You're a married man. But no, it, my sister, <laughs> I don't really. All of my siblings and I, we have. Some of the same features, pieces, but not, but not, mm-hmm. no, we don't look very similar to each other. Yeah, I think besides my brother being the the one that looks completely different because different father, like me, my sister, only re- like at first people could never tell us that we're brother and sister, but I guess as we got older, they're like, I seen you somewhere, like especially when we were in high school, like people that didn't know mm-hmm. that we were brother and sister, like I seen you somewhere, and then they're like, Do you know Leo? You look like him. Well, no shit. I'm, I'm her brother. Like he's my brother. Yeah. And it's like it's always the nose. The nose gives it away. Like my dad has the same nose as well. Yeah. So where we at? We yeah, they went to say back and forth. <laughs> they did the whole Pepsi thing in the cafe eighties again. They 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 
I th- I felt like the whole future sequence kind of was the 50 sequence all over again with the uh, skateboards and yeah, it was basically the whole thing, but it was also to do that and trigger the memories in Biff and have him connect everything because in this one we see Biff steal a time machine and steal Marty's idea of taking a sports almanac back to his current time and betting on all the winners and making a lot of money. But when Biff sees the almost exact same sequence with his grandson Griff, he starts following who he thinks is Marty's son. And then he sees Marty with Doc and everything pieces together. And then he starts following them over to where Marty and Jennifer live. And that's where he steals the DeLorean, which I'm kind of like, okay, how did he know how to use the dang thing? That was my one of my first like what, what moments. Like, how do you know that he had to type in? Unless that mm-hmm. whole sequence was like dumbed down. Like, you know how sometimes like things happen like five seconds, but in reality they were like 20, 30 minutes. But no, he he they got out the car really quick and he went in there. It, it was all one sequence where he just took off with the damn thing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh yeah. I mean, it was pretty quick. Doc had to go to the house and talk to Jennifer and Marty was. Instead of staying with the vehicle, which he screwed up twice now, he walked over to the house. And as he went away, that's when Biff came in, stole it, and then put it back a few seconds later. Yeah. Although he, in reality, had gone to 1955 for a few hours. True, true, true. It's crazy that we mentioned all this, but we see how Marty changed the future or his present for his family to be more successful. His mom, you know, being completely different, different mindset. The family's more happy than what they seem in the beginning of the first one. And then you have like you really think about, okay, how the hell did they screw this up? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like that was I remember the first time watching it. I'm like, how the hell did he screw this up? And they do mention it like his mom does mention it like, oh, Marty gave up on his music after he was in a car accident with a Lincoln. Mm and Rolls Royce. Oh, Rolls Royce. Rolls Royce. Yeah, yeah. Rolls Royce. Yeah. And they kept bringing up something that I did not see. And it was this the first time it was because if I missed it, I missed it. That's on my bad. But every mm-hmm. time you call Marty a chicken or a coward or something along those lines, Marty has to prove himself. Now, like, this is where they introduced it. it. Yeah. But I felt like they intro- over introduced it because I felt like they kind of changed the character up a little bit. They like, did. Get, Giving him a flaw like that small, like you know, I don't know how you feel about. How did you feel about that? Like calling a person a chicken or a coward, and they're like, "You what the fuck?" Like, nah, it ain't, it ain't like that, you know. And he I mean, has to he, prove well, himself because in the first film, he didn't do that. He 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 didn't seem to have that levelness, you know, like yeah, that thing in him, that little hair trigger. I didn't really give it much thought when I was younger and when I first saw the films, mm-hmm. but taking actual notes on the film yeah i mentioned or noted it and it's just something they had to put in i guess to tie everything together it's kind of a weak plot point yeah because it wasn't in the first one Mm -hmm. but it's also a different movie you know so you can't be like well why did they what's another one like i can't say aliens because it was like she went to sleep for years Mm -hmm. and like how ripley became such a badass over the stages from one film to the next yeah i mean you might be able to say that because it's she went to sleep for a few years and she got a job loading 
stuff on the docks and all that. So, okay, yeah. So maybe that might have toughened her up a little bit, you know. But wait, but wasn't the second one of that one like, yeah, she she went into cryo sleep, and then like, how many years had passed? Like, her daughter was already like she, she her, yeah, and her her daughter had, had already passed away. It was like forty years, I think, something like that. Yeah, but I I don't like for her it was like a type scenario. I don't think they actually explained that if she was you know dreaming the whole time they're like because like when i think of cryo sleep and everything like wouldn't it be crazy like if you and me right now we're actually in cryo sleep and then we wake up and we're like fucking 20 years old <laughs> like you know what i mean when we actually yeah, wake up if it, that'd be that'd be kind of crazy to actually think about it like that like oh, yeah. we, we just people we're just having a dream this entire time not the matrix type dream <laughs> scenario but matrix type maybe but <clears throat> there's people that say we live in a simulation anyway yeah that kind of thing and i don't but know like, it, do, do you think like if you're in cryo sleep like you're thinking oh like this is how i'm gonna toughen myself up i'm gonna be a badass you know like you're not saying you're gonna be a badass but like this is how you toughen yourself up because maybe, the whole- but i don't think it was anything like that because for when they use plots like that they also introduce stuff like the matrix where there's some kind of data input device and it's telling you this is how you become a badass or this is what you need to do to make your life better or something like that like in demolition man mm-hmm. where they were frozen yeah but they were doing teaching them how to knit yeah they're frozen in 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 their own cryostasis or whatever and sylvester salone learns how to knit while he's in cryostasis because they're putting the ideas in his head and denzel becomes more of a badass because they put those ideas in his head or someone else or wesley snipes not denzel Washington. it's wesley snipes yeah, but those were put in there by someone else, if I remember. Yeah, yeah, okay, but it would have to have that kind of input because you, on your own, trying to solve your own problems doesn't usually work unless you yeah. look something up or you try to find an outside input source. So her just sleeping isn't going to be like, hey, now I'm a badass. Yeah, but I remember, if I if I remember correctly from the Aliens movie, because if I remember correctly, was she got out of cryo she was explained that her daughter had died all that mm-hmm. and they said a call it like they just kind of pretty much threw her into it like she didn't, i don't remember her getting a job or anything like that she was just like oh we're gonna send these marines you no, have no, no. The, you have you're this mi- experience if i remember remembering that's... it wrong remembering it wrong because Wayland or yutani whatever mm-hmm. They had a whole thing with her and Paul Reiser was trying to be Mr. Cool. And they're like, why did you destroy the ship? Why did you do this? Why did you do that? Because I had to. And so they fired her. Mm-hmm. But she got a job on the docks, loading and unloading crates and stuff like that. She got an apartment with the cat that I can't remember the name now. And she was living a life. And it was like a month or two. You know, it was an undetermined amount of time where they came back to her and were like, OK, we need you for this. I don't know for now for some idiotic reason I'm picturing myself fighting an alien on a forklift. <laughs> hey, if she was working like on a dock thing like that, it's like pretty much like learning how to use the forklift in our time. So like mm-hmm. if an alien came down and I'm over here fucking driving the forklift, like fuck it, I'm gonna take this bitch out. Yeah, I don't think that with a forklift. I know, but it's it's ridiculous and stupid. I'm just I'm just being stupid. Have you ever played Conquer's Bad for a day? We've had this conversation. I've played it when I was very young. I know there's a remake. I remember watching my neighbors and my cousins play it, and I got to play a couple levels, but a lot of it was skipped to me because I wasn't always there. 
there's a, there's so many movie references in that game. Insane amount of movie references. The three of the bigger ones are they redo um, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Mm-hmm. They redo The Matrix. Mm-hmm. Or four. Uh, well, this is just a reference. And they redo parts from Saving Private Ryan. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the move, at the end of the game, when you go to fight the big boss, the poop the same monster? thing. No, that's not the big boss. Okay. When you go fight the big boss, Conquer comes out of a little garage lifting thing, lift, uh, you know, mechanical overhead door lifts up and Conquer comes out in a big old machine and he's the same shit. He's like, get away from her, you bitch. <laughs> Is that in the remake or not? I don't know if that's in the remake. I, I know they toned down a lot of stuff in the remake. Yeah. Which is not you, cool, but I hear you can get like a lot of like if you download it or whatever or like find a copy like that. You can yeah, act- I'm not saying anything about emulators and ROMs or, you know, endorsing anything like that. But if you can find one, they're out there or go find the original N64 one. There's a lot of uh, if you're yeah, in Houston, you check out Game pay, Over. If you want to pay out the butt, it's very expensive because they don't make them anymore. No, I mean, I've, have you ever been like in here in Houston? We have the store called Game Over. I've seen them at different cons, but I've never visited the retail outlets. So, yeah, like, um, I'm not trying to, like, plug it, like, to be, like, plugging or whatever, but a lot of the games are not as expensive. People, like, I've seen some games where I'm like, yo, you're, like, fucking charging an arm and a leg there. But then you have other ones where you're like, I would have thought that would have gone for way more. I don't know if it's the knowledge they have or they just go by what they think is popular. Because usually it is popularity, too. Yeah. Like, how much it is in demand or... Like um, kind of like comic books too. Like I, I recently found out that I have uh, issue number nine of Iron Man, mm-hmm. and that's the first. Uh, that's the first time you see Ironheart like yeah. when they were about to start the Civil War two stuff and all that stuff. Dude, that issue alone is like running for like a hundred bucks. Mm. I was like, fuck, and I was about to throw this. <laughs> like I was about to throw this away. But why did it jump up like that? Ironheart's in the Wakanda in, forever. Yeah, Wakanda forever. So sometimes you got to like think about what when is the best time to sell these things? When is the best time to to see a popularity of a character, especially for comic books? Because like if a character is crap and it's thing, you know, like, yo, you have like it becomes popular later on. Like what if they do like a what if for some reason and this would be a good idea for something Marvel Disney could do. It's Monsters Unleashed. It has a bunch mm-hmm. of kaijus, a kid controlling kaijus. It has a very low fan base amongst comic book fans. It's not a very good comic book, to be honest. I thought it was very mediocre at best. But it was, sometimes I'm just sitting there looking at these books like, why did I even buy them? I like the writer who did them and created the character. Mm-hmm. So I took my chances and then I'm like, yo, this was not a good one for you. Draw Souls. I was like, yeah. this was not that great. And then sometimes I think, well, now that Marvel is part of Disney, what if they pull it off? They set this off as a show and the show's actually fucking epic. And then people are going to be like, well, now we're looking for issue number one of this. I'd be like, ha, bitches. I knew I saved you for a reason. Yeah. Well, you never know. I mean, you can't really say what or something people are going to latch on to or look at. And you know what's cool a character? About. You know what's a character that I didn't think that was going to. Nova, I was always a big Nova fan. I think you're the only other person I've talked to about Nova. And one time I went into my local comic book store and they had issue number one of Nova for 20 bucks. Mm. I sat there and thought about it. I'm like, hmm, do I really want this? But then at the time, I'm like, I wasn't as hardcore as collecting comic books where I was like, ah, 20 bucks for one issue ain't worth it. You know what I mean? For some reason, it just, yeah. 
That was that was my mentality. Seeing the same issue, they're on the same shelf. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna get it now. It's 120. Uh, wait, excuse me. <laughs> and they're like, oh yeah, after the Guardians movie, everybody started liking the Nova Corp. Sons of bitches. And the, the Nova Corp wasn't even that big, and the you know what I mean? Like they didn't have that big of an impact yet because yeah, really. of the the name Nova. What could be? Mm-hmm. People were yeah the potential. Yeah, people were now obsessing over these books. So now issue number one shot up in price 100%. Yeah. Well, it looks like average price for a N64 cartridge of Conker's Bad Fur Day is about 30 bucks. See, that's but good. if you want a good one, it's going to be closer to $250. What do you mean? So, like, if when you find one. One that's been played and been abused a little bit. And you can tell it's obviously been. Yeah, like you can tell the cartridge ain't all that gray. It's kind of like brownish at some point. Yeah. A bit of brown in it. I don't mind those, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, there's still good ones out there, so it's not it's just a crapshoot. Whatever you find, you find. Yeah, like now, I'd be pissed off because I remember I got Final Fantasy VIII, and I was very angry that the disc looked perfectly fine, and it it, it botched out on me when I was on disc two. Like I was gonna did you fight look at all four discs. Huh? Did you look at all four discs, or did you just look at the first one and say? No, oh, I saw all of them. Out. I saw all of them. They all look nice. They all look perfect. Mm-hmm. And it botched out. I'm like, what fight were you going into? Uh, th- like the I don't know if it was Bahamut or like uh one of the dragons. Like you're on that ship, and like the dragon comes out, and like it always kept freezing right there when he would come out. Cause I remember when I played Final Fantasy VIII when I was younger, I did not get far on it, and I think it's because I played the demo. Yeah. yeah, I remember fighting Bahamut on a ship. I think I know you had to do that whole dialogue interaction. Yeah, that Fine. it was it was a whole longest dialogue. That's what pissed me off because then I would yeah, turn it off, turn it back go, on. <laughs> you had to go and fight and fight until he would talk to you, and then you choose this answer and you fight and fight. Then he says something else and you choose the next answer, and if you mess up, that's it. You got to start over from the beginning. And the last question you had to pick the fourth unlisted answer to get him to fight you. Yeah, I went and got him pretty quick. He used the hell out of Bahamut in that game. And so where I was, it wasn't actually part of the actual story. I could have just skipped all that. Yeah. Son of a bitch. It's an optional. You don't have to get all of the Guardian Forces. The, the completionist in me was cool. Mm-hmm. Personally, I thought one of the, well, when I did it the first time, one of the ones that I thought was hardest was the brothers. But it's because I hadn't leveled up my people right. Mm-hmm. You know, the little brother and the big brother. Bulls. Do you remember them? Did I even get that far? It was another optional thing you might have skipped it i'm still here with son of a bitch yeah, anyway they're earth elementals and i didn't i didn't fight them the right way the first time and then, but now i go in there i'm like oh yeah he's gonna do this he's gonna do that and then i gotta counter it with this and then, you know, I, I don't know yeah i have it on my switch we will i'm i'm gonna revisit that and i'm when well, i finally you need to beat that one that's my favorite final fantasy game and when i whoop that dragon's ass i'm gonna be like <laughs> now i can turn this off it's like I didn't spend all those damn hours just to not make it past this. And it's it's not just because of the cool lion pendant that Squall wears. You know, or I the actually, gun blade. I used to own it. The pendant. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. a a gift. It was a gift to me. And uh, I remember like mine because you know how it has a long pointy end at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody at school was being a dick. Literally took it from me and threw it from the the balcony. And when it landed, it literally broke. Yeah. And dude. I went down there, picked it up, was so pissed off, went 
found out what class he was in. <laughs> it just uh, to some people look funny because it's like, hey, this dork just went in there, mauled this guy. Yeah, dude, I was like a hundred pounds. I just went in whatever swings I could take at. <laughs> Help. Do what you gotta do, do, right? Yep. That kind of thing, like Marty, doing what he had to do to get information out of Biff from the 1985 AE timeline. Hey, I ain't gonna lie. I would have threatened him with a fucking toaster, plugged in toaster, been like, no, 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 you just sit right there, breath. Yeah, you and the hussies. But yeah, okay, well, we where we left off was when Biff had gone to the past, given the book to his younger self, and then come back. But nobody knew it until Doc and Marty went back from the future to 1985 after picking up Jennifer. All right, there was a plot point right there that I was trying to figure out myself. Mm-hmm. So, okay, Doc leaves. He didn't fly off, did he? He just drove off, if I remember correctly. He drove off. Yeah, when he dropped Marty off, yeah. Yeah, so do not think driving off you would have seen all that chaos and not one of those things would have made you trigger like what the fuck wow he might have wondered what the hell was going on but it's not an instant kind of deal i don't know about you but i would have thought twice like uh this don't look right this don't look at right at all so pretty much he went from like nice suburbia neighborhood to escape from new york scenario so town was kind of like that but that's my whole thing like how anything that would change that dramatically or that drastic i would have like nope something's already horribly wrong when doc was talking i was like i made it all the way home and my whole life was bored up i was like bro it took you that long unless marty and and doc live like a block from each other because they never do actually mention how far they live from each other or anything like that it seems like marty just always goes there but you never yeah. get to understand. But even then, like, if I'm driving from, let's say, my house to my drummer's house, which is like two or three blocks down the road, and I see fucking cars smashed left and right, fucking gang shooting up places, like, you know, like, like I said, escape from New York situation. Yeah, the gang, to be fair, the gangs didn't shoot anything up until afterwards when Doc went to his place. All we know that he went past was the dead bodies chalk outlines that's what marty ran across after he ran it well they didn't say how close he was to his house when he ran across the chalk outlines because mm, what, what was it uh the he took off running and then the scene cut and then he was passing him and then he turns the corner and that's where he's at skinner's house who are you uh i'm marty you gave me detention last week what do you mean the school burned out six years ago yeah dude it's it's still one of those like to me, that whole concept was. Uh, did you not notice it? I'm maybe overthinking it. I don't know if you overthought it right there, or was it just like, oh, it just went along with the movie. It's fine. Time. Well, period. for now, I was just going along with the movie because even even when they first got there, something should have been Afoot? noticed. Yeah, because okay, the plane flies over them or whatever. But if the city changed that drastically. The way you look at the city at night would be changed also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, know, you wouldn't see the same. Land. I mean, I don't fly over Houston that often, but I know what it looks like. Like that city reminds me of what uh, you remember the original Crow movie looked like, mm-hmm. like the Hell Knight. Yeah. Yeah. That's 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 what I was thinking. Like I would that's what I would think that that place well, would look like. It was far off from Hell Knight. <laughs> exactly. But that, when you were down there. But like you mm-hmm. said, like if you were looking from above, you would have been like, hmm, this don't look right. 
Yeah, but there's plot points and nitpicks you can do on any movie. It doesn't always take away from the movie. Very true. So Marty finds out Biff is the big man and learns Biff's whole life story. And as I was watching the Biff movie in this. The Biff movie? Yeah, the Biff documentary. I made sure to look at the scene where he's on his 21st birthday and you can clearly see the almanac in his pocket <laughs> in the movie as well as the picture that they use later in the film. But yeah, Marty gets knocked out by the same three stooges that have been with Biff since the 50s. One of them is that boy, the Phantom. Yep, the Phantom, Billy Zane. <laughs> that was weird. It almost reminds me of like when Jack Black was one of the villains in one of the Never Ending Stories. I, I only know one Never Ending Story. So on the third one, Jack Black actually appeared on it. That was one of his first credit roles. And he played one of the bullies that was um, harassing the main character. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I recognize those films as existing. Mm, oh, it's one of those for you. Yeah. So that was not Jack Black's first appearance or performance or credit role. I can't remember the first time I ever saw Jack Black in a film. Shallow Hell that I remember. I mean, that was his first Big role was high was high fidelity before or after that. Uh, wait, was Shallow how before or after the uh, Orange County? Because I do remember him in Orange County, where he was like the bumbling brother and the brother, the 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 smart brother was not going to college or something. Ah, dude, I forgot even the plot of that movie. But they do a road trip or something, I guess. No idea. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I just remember it had a badass soundtrack. Had those great classics from back in the early two thousands. So back to the Biff story. Damn, this episode's going to be way longer than the first one. <laughs> and we're not even done with the first one, the second movie. That's why I said yeah. jump all over the place. Well, he he finds out Biff's history, goes up, gets knocked out by the three guys, wakes up in the 27th floor penthouse with his mom, who's got a couple of new additions to herself. And it goes from there. Biff kind of throws him back out. Because he's supposed to be at a boarding school in Switzerland or some crap. And then he goes to see his dad or the grave of his father. That's where Doc meets up with him and they piece everything together. And he writes the 1985 A timeline on the chalkboard. Yeah, but no lie, bro. This whole second film, when you think of Rick and Morty, like I know you hate that show, but honestly, it was 100% all like it felt like I was watching a Rick and Morty episode. Without Doc being drunk first, without the vulgarity, and without Morty or Marty being such a weakling. Yeah. I mean, you like, can tell Rick and Morty is based on that. Yeah, and that's what I was telling my wife, because my wife, when she was when we were watching even the first one, she was all like, why do these guys remind me of Rick and Morty? I looked at my wife, and I'm like, Doc is the original Pickle Rick. Okay, he's the original Pickle Rick. He's like, he turns into a pickle? I'm like, no, he never turns into a pickle. But that's where the creator got the idea for Rick and Morty. It was from Doc. You know, like, you have even the references how Doc has his, his lab in the garage. How they travel in, in how, how they travel, period. You know, like, even like, they don't have a DeLorean in Rick and Morty. It looks like a flying saucer, but like, it's kind of made, kind of made to look like a DeLorean. Even the side doors open up and everything. The way he speaks about the space-time con- continuum. And you ever notice how he always calls out Mart, like Marty? Like, Marty, this. M- m- oh, Marty, you don't understand. Oh, Marty. Like, you know, like. Yeah. And it, Rick does the same thing with Morty. And, like, the way he 
he yells kind of in the beginning of every sentence, like his enthusiasm towards mm-hmm. something. And like you see all those little traits in Rick and Morty. Yeah. And that's my wife was like, wait, wait. So are you telling me that this was before Rick and Morty? I'm like, woman, <laughs> Rick and Morty yeah. came out in the two th- like the, the late 20. Less than 10 years ago. Yeah. But the reason why my wife thought that Rick and Morty almost came out before that was because the animation was kind of shit. In yeah. her opinion. Well, yeah. That's not whatever. Yeah, but like him trying to do the whole timeline, like mm-hmm. no uh explanation and the Yeah, like we we left nineteen eighty five in this spot. We went this forward. He stole the time he stole the time machine, went back not to nineteen eighty five, but before that which in this timeline, he actually created a paradox that became a separate timeline, which is now 1985A. It, dude, when he was explaining everything, I'm like, as a young child at first watching this film, especially not understanding what the hell he was saying, period, I'm like, hmm. as a teenager watching this film, <laughs> and then as an adult watching it was like, I've been preparing for this my whole life to understand this scene alone. Thank God I watched the Avengers. Okay. <laughs> that was my response to the whole scene. Like, thank God I watched the Avengers. Okay. That's nice. Good for you. I pat myself on the back. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> hey, sorry. We're not all as smart as you, man. Yeah. I grasped it the first time I saw it. How old were you when the first time you watched it? Probably when it came out. So I was 14. Nice. I was probably four or five years old the first time I saw this film. Well, that's why I waited until my children were at least eight years old before I showed them this film. Because I knew then they would be able to understand it. Grasp an an idea of what the hell is going on. I'm not trying to be a restrictive parent or anything like that. But I'm also trying to be a parent, not my children's best friend. There's boundaries. You know can't watch everything if they're not going to understand it and they're not going to understand it they're not going to appreciate it and i wanted them to appreciate it at least as much as i did and with my oldest they can recite every line of every movie understandable yeah so let's see after they yeah after they learn that marty goes to confront biff that's where he tells them everything for some dumb reason he spills the beans about every single thing i guess he's just so confident that like at the end of his speech He's going to actually kill Marty that he doesn't care about. You know, this is a classic villain trope. What's your evil plan? Well, let me tell you before I kill you. Oh, come on. It was like, what's your plan? Oh, I'm going to go uh, strap dynamite to dolphins and blow up Hoover Dam. That's what I would say, because there's no way that would work. I'm not giving away my damn secrets. Or you can go for the classic. I pulled the trigger 35 minutes ago. Yeah. Hey, that was one of the greatest plot twists of all time. Not in a movie, in comic books. Yeah, not in the movie, in the comic books. It was good in the comics, but it was also like Dr. Manhattan is such a weak character. He's a very emo character. That lets you know that even though you have the powers of a god, if you do not control yourself or, you know what I mean? Like, if you don't rationally rationally think through, you are bound to let your emotions get the best of you and they can use that against you. Well, it's kind of like, what they boil the films down to in the third one Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know dr manhattan the instant he turns into dr manhattan okay he can see his entire life he can see and live in any second of every 
in any moment that he chooses to. He doesn't have to chronologically do anything, even though that's what he decides to do. And then they get to that one point in the film, like, why did you do that? Well, that's what I did when I saw the future. So, yeah, I figured I had to do it again. But you don't have to. But we'll, you know, we'll get more into that at the end. When, when we do the Watchmen. Of the next one. Or, yeah, we do the Watchmen. But the comic book, not the damn series or the movie. And then I did not like the series. I don't know what people found so great about it, to be honest. Well, Alan Moore didn't even like the series, so. I, I didn't watch the whole thing. I just was like, eh, eh. Like, I watched, like, the first episode. And I was like, yep, that's enough for me to be like, nope. Okay, so they find all that out. Marty Rick gets rescued by Doc as he jumps off the building and knock Biff out. Boom, go back to 1955. And, you know, we just pretty much talked like we just talked about the entire film, but we're just barely touching halfway the film. Yeah. <laughs> but we're touching the finer points of the film. We're going off on tangents, but we're getting the film in and we're doing it. I thought it was funny that Doc had all these indeterminate sums of money from different time periods yo no dude that's actually being prepared that is really being prepared but the thing is he would have to have done something like that time skipped a lot yeah so when you go from this first to second film or whatever you see him go into the future then come right back like oh we gotta fix this but maybe he's going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and then just shows up at this point but you would never know that yeah, but you know what's the funny thing about what I thought about? I'm like, how the hell did he get his money? Like, did he work? Like, you know, did, did he mm-hmm. work in between, like, certain amounts of time to actually accumulate some money for here and there? Or did he, like, did he, like, one time just, like, let's say kind of was smart about it? I don't know. Like, like did he do something where he got, like, a million bucks and then he went back in time and, like, took a sum of money, like, a good chunk of it and said, well, or... How do I explain this? Like he was like he went back. He went all the way back. Yeah, yeah. In- he invested the money or something. No, what and- I'm thinking is he went back in time, got a shit ton of money. And then as he's going forward, he asked for like, oh, can you change? It left a little bit here, like left, give himself enough money for this time period. And then 10 years later, like he's like, oh, I have all these old bills. Can you change them? And then I don't know, for some I reason, mean, that's what that I would that- be. That would be one way to do it and be a good way to do it. Like went back in time and found like a big chunk yeah. of gold and then transfer that into money and then like said go later on. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. Yeah, and change the denominations every few years. Yeah, that'd be a good way to do it. But who knows how he did it? Maybe he went back and robbed a bank in the 1700s or something. He was Billy the Kid, <laughs> Doc Doc Brown, Billy the Kid. No, nah, he couldn't have been Billy the Kid. That was his. Just... Hey, didn't Billy the Kid get shot in the back? Oh. Not to be spoiling nothing. Nobody got shot in the back in these movies. Uh, anyway, I'm trying to put some suspense in here, and you over here ruining the suspense. If anybody hadn't watched these films that are now 32 years old, the last one is 32 years old. Come on, go watch them. You don't have any excuses. Been out on multiple platforms. You can get them on Peacock right now. Well, my mother-in-law never watched any of them till re- till today. Yeah, well. At least you watched them. Mother-in-law is also not from this country. Do that. Anyway, um, they are out there is all I'm saying. There's obvious ways to watch these movies. If we're spoiling anything, sorry I watched this movie 32 years ago. I apologize for knowing something you don't. Bum, bum, bum. So 
What do they do? They go back. Doc tells him by something conspicuous. So he gets that stupid get up with the leather jacket and the fedora, <laughs> black sunglasses. Hey, but honestly, that made a lot of sense for like the future Biff stuff a little bit to me. Oh, yeah. That that whole scene when he got his car back or whatever. Oh, I'm talking about just what Marty was wearing. I'm not talking about the whole Biff interaction. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, that was cool and all. But like, I, I was I don't know if I was overthinking the scene that where you see him in like after in the car. Yeah. And Biff like sees Lorraine after she got her dress or whatever. Mm-hmm. He's like trying to put the moves on her and he's like yelling like pretty much kind of like sexually harasses her Mm -hmm. and then like at the end like she's running away and he's like i'm gonna marry you someday you're meant for me and like that kind of was it all planned by him kind of made me think like why he shot the dad you get that plot point when they were in the future that he shot he's gonna shoot both family members with the same gun Mm -hmm. oh wow it's like was it a batman twist yeah no there's plenty of stuff that you could say it's contrived or whatever, but it's actually pretty smart and yeah, pretty that, interesting ways thought. to tie things together. And you can see that he, it wasn't like, cause we were talk we talked about the first one. Uh, we did mention a little bit that, you know, he's trying to put the moves on her and all that stuff in the car. Um, but yeah, it's pretty sleazy. Pretty much the guy was trying to rape her. Uh, his, I don't know if it's actual, love he has for her or infatuation he has for her or what it actually is it's kind of scary to really like, think uh, about. like an obsession yeah yeah like you don't see that in the first film you actually saw it more in this film uh, a little bit but it kind of plays on the same thing i mean he's not following her around and doing stuff like that he's just trying to force himself upon her and won't take no for an answer which is basically what he did in the first one he's continuing it in this second film yeah but i didn't think it was that deep you know like you know what i mean like i didn't think it was that deep well it's not too deep in either one that's basically what he's doing you're just kind of putting i mean yeah it's not good behavior and it's not right to do those things but you're putting a little more sociopath tendencies into it and biff ain't a sociopath 85 biff is 85 yeah biff yeah 1985 a biff is yeah okay after the whole dress thing he uh you know we didn't even mention the jaws 3d or the jaws 13 or the cubs winning the world series which they were off by a year yeah just a year but that was when he went to the future anyway oh and he stole a hoverboard after the whole scene recreation in the future he borrowed a hoverboard from a little girl like he borrowed this the scooter from the kid but took the scooter handles off from the first film yeah this hoverboard had a detachable handle and unlike the first one where he got a, geez, thank you, mister. <laughs> he got a, what are you talking about? <laughs> what, what was it called? Pitbull. Yeah, I have a pitbull now. You can keep that. I'm like, yeah. damn. <laughs> okay. All right. So, yeah, that's when old Biff meets new Biff or young Biff, original Biff, whatever you want to call him, and starts the car. They go back to his grandmother's house, and he hands him the sports almanac and proves that something's good with it and then marty gets trapped in the garage with which makes doc go look for inconspicuous clothing yeah oh but what was a little said there was a little thing in there um Mm -hmm. was when they go back talk about biff's history of how he made his millions Mm -hmm. it was um he made his first million by the time he was 21 yeah that was his 21st birthday is when he went to the track 
Yeah, and then what was what was it that Lorraine Lorraine told Biff? I wouldn't even marry you or date you if you had a million dollars. Yeah. So like when he becomes a kingpin and kingpin and everything, that's. But I feel like it was probably even forced upon because Dad got shot. Yeah. Well, of course. I mean, he was still forcing himself upon her, and that's why they married. He killed George because she was his girl. She was going to be his. And when they got together, threatening to cut off her kids that she had with George is what makes her stay with him. Yep. Oh, which yeah. is weird. It's like it's it's more of a power trip or some kind of dominance thing because he's got these other girls that he messes with, but he's still got to keep her. Yeah, it seems like he's just more like I'm. he's just trying to show his dominance. Yeah, Marty walks in on them watching a Fistful of Dollars. Which does bring up some stuff yeah bring up some stuff because mm-hmm. i ain't gonna lie to you it ain't gonna happen on this episode <laughs> we damn we're, we're over we are way over. we're almost over to the damn movie time <laughs> so yeah but i mean whatever doc shows up just after marty takes off and his brand new bike everything's got price tags on it still and after he warns marty not to interact with his older self there he is talking to 1955 doc brown he doesn't even try to change his voice or anything. He just hides his face from himself. Like, uh, you're doing a nice uh, weather experiment. So I'm like, yeah, uh, weather experiment. And they're talking like, can you hand me that five? Because five? No, they start off with, can you hand me that five by eight? Yeah, can you hand me the five eight? He's like, don't you mean three quarters? Oh, yeah. So I, actually, I thought that was actually a pretty smart way of putting the characters together. Now, not going to lie, though, they're, um, they're split images like because you have the same characters being on the same screen of course uh, mm-hmm. a lot of times you do use like using the film to overlap one another so one character yeah. standing in one spot the other guy standing in that spot there's no way they could have done that digitally like they do nowadays yeah and you do see a lighting difference mm-hmm. <laughs> which is not a, it's not a kill it's not a kill for the movie there's no not, but they i was gonna talk about they do some of those things smartly in the next film yeah they do and it's but, I mean, I guess because they might have learned the mistake from the first one. Yeah. Or... Well, but they were doing, well, maybe from the first one, but, oh, you mean from part first, two? Or... Yeah, yeah, from part two. Like, from the they first. They were kind of doing them both at the same time. So they would, yeah, be able to, oh, yeah, we just did this. Now let's do it this way. Well, the, or you can also think about, like, okay, so we released this one. Now we're watching the actual final cut of the second film. And they went, mm-hmm. like, oh, well, whoa, this looks we a little change this. We need yeah. change that, yeah. But another thing to add, this was not the first film that used overlapping shots. Of course not. So, I mean, it's just something they had to work out on their own, how they wanted to do it and all that. But, uh, yeah, they get the experiment through a, a series of mishaps. And I, I got to put this in. I have to or else I'm going to get some guff. But Marty watches his dad punch out Biff and then he goes up there to check on Biff and Biff's like, hey, it's you. So he pops him in the face again, takes a sports almanac and runs off and no, no, no. guy, did you take his wallet? Did he take his wallet? I think he took his wallet. No, no, no. It, the question was Marty goes over there like, I know CPR. The guy's like, what's CPR? And Biff's waking up. He's like, bah, yeah. that's when he pops him. That's when he socks him the good one. No, I'm but like, I couldn't. I had to put that line in. And then when Biff wakes up later, the guy's like, he took, I think he took your wallet. And he goes back to the camera. I think he took his wallet. That's what you got out of that? I have to put that in there. That's like my oldest child's favorite part of the movie. Okay. 
the guy repeating that so many times. Oh, then you took his wallet. That actually, well, you say your oldest has that memory of it. Like my sister, when I was, we were watching, because my sister was over earlier today, and she asked mm-hmm. me, like, do you remember my favorite scene from the first one? And two scenes came to mind. The first one I said wrong, and it's the one where he's trying to connect the, the two circuit things together. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the other one comes off, and Doc's like, <laughs> he does his, his scream. And mm-hmm. she's like, you're very close. I'm like, the other scene has to be when he did the miniatures and he has the, ah! like, the same reaction. Yeah. She's like, that's the and one. The catch on fire. And she's like, how did you know? And they're like, we watched these movies growing up. Like, we used to reenact them. We yeah. like, used to always be Doc for some reason because that was her favorite character. Yeah. I'm not saying that's my oldest favorite part, but that they they really like that line in the movie. They like all the lines where he's like, you sound like a darn fool when you say it wrong. When Biff tells him to make like a tree and get out of here. <laughs> it's leave. Make like a tree and leave. leave. Or oh, I was about to jump to the third one. but <laughs> <laughs> The thing is, we're talking about, we've already talked about first one, second one. There's a lot of stuff that seems similar. There's a lot of scenes that seem are extremely maybe like reenactments, but differently done. And it works. Yeah, because if you want to look at it as a mythos and establish everything around it, the Browns, the Tannins, and the McFlies have always been integral mm-hmm. to Hill Valley. Yeah. In its timeline. You know, that's the basic thing from the movie, you know, the basic idea of the whole series. Get back to, I think he took his wallet and then he's got to get Biff's stooges away from himself because they're going to look for him. And they're about to jump him on the stage. Yeah, about to jump him on the stage. And I like old Billy Zane's character. How does he change those clothes so fast? That was his line, bro. That was his line. Yeah, that was his line. Well, and then earlier in the film, he said, we can do this the easy way or the hard way. <laughs> and for some reason, he's Texan. Or he's got that Texan accent. Yes, so. Whatever. But, yeah, he manages to get Biff's goons away from himself. And then Biff catches him outside. And he knocks himself silly with the door. Dude, that was actually pretty funny. <laughs> That's funny. Biff but it, the... it's kind of weird because it does make a little sense with like him opening the door and you're like a thunk. <laughs> Even in the yeah. first, like in the original, like you actually hear like a thunk. You don't know what yeah. it is. Like you don't really think about it. I didn't really think about it. No. And then I watched this one and I'm like, yeah, because the door never opened. All the way, yeah. Yeah, it literally, when, when you see him, I always sometimes thought there was a wall there or something. That's why it just went like plump on the door or something. Mm-hmm. But and then you realize that it he actually knocked his own ass out. Yeah. Well, not completely. I just knocked himself loopy. Enough to lose getting the almanac all over again? Well, getting hit in the nose and the face will do that to you. Mm. Well, I've been hitting the chest really hard where I just was down. Yeah, but that's not the nose or the face. <laughs> so, yeah, Biff grabs the almanac again and takes off and Doc and Marty go chasing him. And I always thought this was this was part of my own. Mm-hmm. Um entertainment the plastic or the the flags that get snagged on the delorean Mm -hmm. in most of the scenes they're old plastic but at the end when marty catches it it's rope maybe doc had traveled through time at some point yeah it's just a thing it's it's a i like to look for little continuity problems now you um, overthought it yeah i'm not i'm no i'm not technically overthinking the plot i'm just like hey somebody didn't check the continuity (laughs) Those are the things I would think we I talked about this in the uh, 
Nimrod Horror episode when we did the thing. Yeah. No, 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 thing. The stuff. The stuff. I look for little things in movies. So they managed to drop Marty off. He gets the hoverboard and works his way around the car. Nice action after... sequence, by the way. Yeah, nice little action sequence there. Fighting with Biff. Fighting Biff, driving him all over the place. Trying to ram him into the wall and run him over any way he can. And then he manages to grab the almanac. Biff drives off, turns around, and goes to run him down because he's stuck in a tunnel. And if Biff had just taken off, he would have caught him. But no, he has to sit there and spin the wheels, get some speed, and then try to go. But I don't know how fast that hoverboard moves, but it was rolling. It made it all the way down that tunnel, I'll tell you that. Made it all the way to the end, and Marty got picked up by Doc again off of the same pennant flag, which is another thing I thought was funny. He picks him up at the tunnel. And flies him all the way back to the estates where the houses are being built and doesn't even let him get back in the DeLorean. He just makes him hang there while they're flying over the town and all that. Unless he already knew. Mm-hmm. Could be. There always might be a side story. With all this time traveling stuff, especially how much Doc Brown did yeah. himself, it could mm-hmm. always. I mean, yeah. We ne- he never said he went all over the damn country, all over the world to get yeah. all that kind of cash. Yeah, he didn't say all that, but he had to have done something. But he drops Marty off, watches Marty burn the sports almanac, and he's flying around all willy-nilly because the storm's getting crazy. Marty tries to tell him on the radio, watch out, he don't want to get struck by lightning, and then all of a sudden, boom, struck by lightning. And you see that little weird 9966 thing looking in the air because he was flying around all loopy. Mm-hmm. And Marty's just standing there, starts to rain, and all of a sudden a dude pulls up in a car. And he's turns out he works for Western Union, and he's got a letter for Marty. Hey, Western Union must be that dependable, I guess. Or uh, yeah, they made a big damn deal about it back then when the movie came out. Like, oh, Western Union, yeah, look how cool we are. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought that shit was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it was whatever. So he pulls it out. As he's reading the letter, he's saying that the storm or whatever activated the time circuits. But he activated the time circuits as he was flying off to go rescue Marty from the high school when he got the DeLorean wrapped up into the little flags. Mm-hmm. That's when they got activated. So he reads the letter, and the Western Union guy was like, is there anything I can do to help you? And Marty's like, there's only one man that can help me. And so you see the end of the first movie again. Repeating itself with a mesh of... Itself, yep. And as soon as he... As soon as Doc does his leap for joy and dancing around, boom, Marty comes out of the side, out of a side street. Like, Doc! me and he's like no i can't it can't be you i just sent you back to the future yeah but i'm back from the future and he does his classic great scott and he just faints in the movie well technically end of the movie but they always put or they they put scenes from the third movie right after that yeah which that's what you were i, I remember you talking about like they filmed both films at the same time see yeah. that would that's what made me understand that oh unless that was like uh was that always in the original mm-hmm. it was Okay, so which aggravates me nowadays because every time I watch the second one, I see the scenes and I'm like, okay, I want to watch the third one right now, but you can't always do that. So this episode was supposed to be a two movies in one part, but um, yeah, it's not that way. It ain't gonna happen. <laughs> Looks like we we're actually gonna do a trilogy episode. Yep, and you know plans change. Yep, like once you go time traveling, uh, things don't go according to plan. Mm. Just like this episode, Bernie <laughs> happened. But uh, you know what? Since how many shots do you give this movie? Well, I have to say I'm one of those people who. Actually, no, no, no. 
we we're not gonna do shots for this one. How many Pepsi's would you give this movie? Pepsi's uh, four and a half. Four and a half Pepsi's. Four and a half Pepsi's. Is there a reason why? Well, it's what I was gonna go into. I see. I I forget where I read. it was in the Wikipedia article. I forget where exactly I had read it, but one of the I think it was a producer for the film said that this movie doesn't quite get as much love as the other two, and I'm guilty of that myself because mm. he figured it was because of the dystopian nature of 1985A. And I kind of see it. Yeah, it was. It's more of a downer than the other two films, but that's usually how the sequel goes. If it's in a trilogy, the sequel is a uh, leaves you on a sour note. Yeah, it doesn't like I mean, not to say kind of like Empire Strikes Back where evil has to win. Even even it's funny to say another Star Wars trilogy, the original trilogy where Attack of the Clones came around when like you see the clone empire rise yeah, up. Episodes one, two and three. Yeah, same kind of thing. It's always something off about it. And, and I get that with this film. It's still good. I still really like the film. I think it's people just, just don't like cliffhanger endings, though. Yeah. I mean, nobody likes a cliffhanger. No, but that's probably part of it. It's just some of the changing the characterizations, like you said, making Marty hate being called yellow or chicken or whatever. That that a bit, but I, I don't know. I still really like the film. I just can't, with it losing some of the optimism of the other two, I can't quite score it as high. As high? Because you yeah. scored the first one as a perfection. Yeah. <laughs> And then wait, a spoiler on my score for the next one. (laughs) No, um, I will go with the 4.5 Pepsi free, I guess. (laughs) Not Pepsi perfect. I'm Pepsi perfect. I I do. I'm not. I wasn't around that time. Was there a Pepsi Pepsi perfect? Yeah, in the future, it was called Pepsi perfect. I guess. And there's a lot of things in this film that I'm glad that we didn't talk about because that's what we will talk about in the next installment. Mm-hmm. I'm actually going to like sound like a broken record now or skip, like uh, put a an, a song on repeat on an album. It's I same way I felt the whole Marty's weakness being shown like that. Uh, it did bring up why he became what he became, understandably, but it showed the character off. Not off like he got taken off the script but it just felt kind of like luke skywalker felt in the new star wars film now it's a little different because that wasn't luke skywalker in the fan fiction films that's not luke skywalker that's some dude that they called luke skywalker but that to me was the little iffy part see i know how you feel about those films and i that's why i was thinking about should i say it should i not say it Mm -hmm. but to me like seeing marty throwing a tantrum like that over the fact that being called a chicken it's kind of like what mark hamill said i don't felt like they were writing the character correctly yeah and when those scenes happened i was all like what the fuck i was but you can make the excuse that it wasn't really brought up in the first film there wasn't a point where they're like are you chicken calvin klein they just kind of let it develop in the second and third one whereas luke had three movies where he was well established and now all of a sudden you're going to change his ass up. Mm. Yeah. No, I get what you're saying, but it's I, I don't agree that they're exactly similar. They're just... I, wasn't, I wasn't saying that either, but it's... I don't know, like the character himself is... To me, it felt like comic book characters. You have a comic book character that is created by somebody and it's mm-hmm. established a certain way. And then yeah. you have another comic book writer. Like if I created a comic book character or you create a comic yeah. character and then I come behind you and then I write him in my way, 
Yeah. And some people are going to be like, oh, that was cool. And then some people will be like, I don't fucking like that. Yeah. That's not what the original artist established. But it was the same writer. I understand that. Yeah, and it's just kind of an evolution of the character, not in a great, good way, but just in, and it's not totally rewriting the character, it's just adding a character flaw. Yeah, and I don't know, like, maybe the flaw itself just bothers me, being called well, a chicken, kind of. I mean, if you want to put a little bit of real life into the character, I guess. Uh, yeah, it's a PG movie. I get it. It's not like someone's gonna well, be like a oh, punk ass bitch. No, <laughs> you know? no, there is a thing that they call machismo. It has a name. Yeah, Napoleon syndrome. You know, where a guy that's short is gonna overcompensate when somebody affronts him. Yeah, yeah. I know about or that. Insults yeah. him. Yeah, okay. That's the kind of thing. And Michael J. Fox is five four. True. Oh, so he's he's already a short guy. So you could say. He that, has a Napoleon complex. Yeah, they could say that Marty has a Napoleon complex because Marty and Michael J. Fox would be the same exact height, even though Robert Downey Jr. and Iron Man are not the same height. But that's another uh, thing. But that also lends itself to the Napoleon complex. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's an amazing way to put it. Mm-hmm. There you go. All, All right. right. Well, I guess I expected more from the Marty character. I'm, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. It's a thing. Where could people find you know what uh, what could people find me at? You can find me at XXLeo XR2D2XX on the Instagram And you can find me look on the internet interwebs, Instagram, wherever, whatever. El Cid the first. E L C I D the first. And since Vincent's always the one who does this, I guess I'll do it. <clears throat> oh, I got us like, oh, and for the whole podcast. Where can people find us at, Leo? All right, repeat that. You know, you got you got to throw it. Yeah, in no, I, no, I, I did it the way yeah, I did it. You did it. I did it the way I did it. Damn. All right. You can find us at Nimrod Generation Podcast, all one word, on the Instagram, on Facebook, <laughs> maybe YouTube in the future, if any of us will do any editing. Not it. No one can see it, but I'm doing it. Yeah, there's not a third person. <laughs> It might, it might not happen. Who knows? Who knows? We'll see. It's, it's 2023. I guess we done travel to the future of the past. No, we drove, we drove the past, back to the present, back to the future, back to the past. Never. We, I, so yes, we went from the from 85 to the past, mm-hmm. and now we've gone to the future. Then we went back to the past, and now we're gonna go even farther into the past. So should the next episode be released first compared to all these? 